Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. It's your primo Luis Velasquez. That is your primo Christopher Costello. We are back once again. We are the Puro Pincho Primos. Christopher, what is up, primo? Hey, how's it going? It's good to be back, man. I think I caught my primo. It feels like a long time. But uh, yeah, it's been a long time. We apologize again to our fans out there that have been waiting on uh, another episode from us. Again, life has happened. My health hasn't been the greatest when it comes to my back. My primo over there being a vice president. Vice president. I almost got vice president. You could do that too if you want. I'm with that. Okay. Vice principal of a school, dealing with the school, uh, end of school year stuff. Been real busy. So we are back though. We are here with a new uh, setup, I guess you would call it. Um, we're going to try to hit you up with two episodes a week. One, dir- one all about sports. And one all about news uh, hitting our country. Um, going on and just trying to get you uh, both aspects of what's important to both of us, sports and uh, kind of politics. What do you think about that, Christopher? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. There's uh, so much to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We're definitely going to spend this episode talking about what's going on in this country. Uh, Today is July 5th. Yesterday was the quote-unquote Independence Day. Um, When I I saw saw a tweet yesterday that says, uh, Happy Independence Day to all the white male heterosexuals out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think that just like hit right in there. Uh, I mean, we're joking, and, but uh, like, I mean, this this country is just absolutely nuts right now. Um, of course, on Independence Day, we have another mass shooting. That's the most American thing ever. Uh, mass shooting yeah. in uh, in Illinois. Just- yeah, Chicago. Which is, it seems like it's like the gun capital of our country right now. Um, and for the last probably decade. But yeah, now I'm, I'm concerned that uh, mass shootings becomes like a July 4th ritual now. Yeah, I mean, just... It's crazy. It's great you talk about Chicago like that. And uh, I was actually, uh, I guess, debating, I don't know, arguing with somebody... On social media yesterday, as they they kind of said the same thing, like, "Well, it's Chicago. What do you expect?" And it actually, it wasn't in Chicago. It was, I think, it's called Highland Park, uh, about thirty miles from Chicago. But the over excuse for, especially from uh, Republicans, are saying, "I hate every time that we talk gun control." The first thing is to go, "What about Chicago? What about Chicago and everything that's going on there? They have strict gun laws over there." And then I was battling this dude and i was like well according to the numbers sir i know we don't like to talk facts but if you uh talk about gun deaths in america illinois is ranked 30th and here in idaho is ranked 15th in the country so i know we always like to bash on chicago and chicago has violence right i'm not gonna say that they don't but it's not it's not as bad as everybody thinks it is, and it's not 
you know, I just hate that talking point from from people from gun gun owners that just always throw Chicago out there and they don't really know what the numbers are. They just know that Chicago has got some really bad ghettos and that they're all just going to go for that, right? Yeah, it's urban violence, right? It's like because certain types of people live there. Let's talk about what's the problem there. Right, exactly. Um, but I mean, I mean, we we talked, we talked. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, we talked mass mass shootings uh, last episode. And if if you guys want to hear more about you know what we think about it and stuff, yeah, if you guys want to hear about what what we talked about that, uh, go ahead and. and and hit up our last episode um before i, I don't know i would i don't want to get all in, into all that again that's just here we are again another mass shooting innocent people died because uh, a dumbass with a gun that he should not been able to purchase um sits on a rooftop and just decides to uh to shoot up a crowd yeah you know I, I know that like for our topic for today we wanted to talk about you know at least one of the things was like lgbtq rights and i feel like the the mass shooting topic that we did the last time really kind of like feeds into that because the thing that i think about the most when it comes to just like hate crimes and still the like consistent hate around members of the lgbtq community comes from uh i think about like the 2016 shooting at the pulse nightclub in orlando yeah and just the way in which that was a like such a such a violent uh there's like 49 people that died in that nightclub and 50 others that were wounded um and just the again the, the talk that we said about assault rifles but really just the idea that there's hate in our country that's directed at certain people for really no other reason than us having to really find why people are still committing crimes in this way and, and using assault rifles. But I think in talking about LGBTQ rights, it's, there is this great persecution history behind people having to hide who they really are in our country when we're supposed to be a country of freedoms. Like you said, like we just celebrated independence day yesterday and also the rights of women that we'll talk about later on uh, in this episode yeah i think this country uh, we've taken so many steps back right this country and i and i text my uh my kids uh, a couple weeks ago and i was like i apologize man because one thing about being a parent is that you hope that they have a better life than you do right and and I texted him. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, your life isn't better. It's going backwards, right? Your rights are being taken away from you. Um, and especially when it comes to the L LGBTQ community, um, we've taken so many steps back. Especially for some reason, like it just seems like it's a cycle, right? We're gonna we're gonna hit uh, gay men first, and then we're gonna hit. Uh, lesbians for next and then now this year uh the trans community just been hit hard i mean they've just uh people have just geared so much hate towards them uh for lack of understanding what what a trans person is why somebody would be trans um 
lack of understanding to people a lot in this country means means hate. If I don't understand why you're doing something, I'm just going to hate on you because it's not right to me. And that's just the, what, you know, to me stems a lot of hatred toward the trans community this year for some reason. Um, and it's just crazy to me. It's just It really is crazy to me. Lack of education on that topic is crazy to me in this country. Yeah, you know, thinking about all the, the folks that are affected by the way which hate is spread in our country, for, you know, particularly opportunities to just send the message messaging to people. I think the thing that I really worry about is that we treat these things almost as if they are equal with regards to how upsetting or people try to look at it as like a threat to like what our society should be like. But we think about people who are in the LGBT community, you know, the way that they live does not pose a threat or harm to anybody else. And yet we will still, you know, argue against gun control and things like abortion that do harm other people. And I think that that's the place where, like, it becomes a really major concern when we're starting to talk about, like, our laws in the country and where we live, is that there are certain things that do create and pose threats, and there are other things that do not. And the fact that we somehow mix them up, that, that's it's just not accurate. Do you think it's lack of education or lack of wanting to be educated on it? So I think there's so much stuff that like there's so many levels to like why this still continues, right? But I think a lot of it is that people are taught a certain way of thinking, whether that's at home or in a school, and they are fixed that that is the way or the right way, as opposed to being open-minded, critical-thinking people. Um, it, are really just thinking about what's best for humanity. We're going by like what is told to us the way things should be. And that's a really dangerous way to live and exist because then it means you're never open to possibilities or change, which means you're never really listening to anybody else. You're just kind of waiting to enforce your own agenda. And then we see that very clear in one particular side of the political spectrum. How much do you think that religion plays a part in the hatred towards this community? Um, I think, you know, a major part. I think, you, you know, you mentioned that you felt like that was a really kind of, I think, the, the beginning of it. And I think for me, I think it, it um, Religion is seen as such a very specific and set way of doing things and, and being. And I think that that is also part of what makes things dangerous is that we only stick to one way of being. Um, you know, back to my original point, but, um, I know you feel like it's kind of like the blueprint for, for this hate, right? Or the, like where it's born out of. I don't know if there's like a particular angle that you feel like religion kind of dominates that type of discrimination yeah i think i've had i've had uh a love-hate relationship with religion honestly and uh 
me and you were both we were brought up uh, we were brought up crit i mean we were brought up catholic right um our a lot of our families are 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 still very much proud catholics and uh you know that that's i love them i love their uh their uh you know their freedom to be be that uh but as soon as i turned 18 years old and was on my own like i got straight out of that religion r- real quick <laughs> right i i, I hightailed and and but i didn't stop being religious like i went catholic and then i went to methodist and then i went to non-denominational and honestly um the talk of homosexuality is kind of what steered me away from church and religion altogether because i just didn't like i i just didn't believe in it right and like i was going i was going to church uh, a non-denominational church like yeah go ahead you didn't believe like religious, the religion was telling you, or you didn't believe in homosexuality. No, I didn't believe what the religion was telling me about homosexuality. Gotcha. Right, uh, and I was, I was going to church every Sunday. I was going to like Bible studies on Wednesday. Right, I was, I was being real. I was really into church, and I loved going to church. What was the thing though that you think made you? Because it's clearly right, like as young people. You're either sympathetic, empathetic to uh, marginalized groups of LGBTQ members, or you're not. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is the reason that you were sympathetic or empathetic, particularly in a place like Texas? Um, I think just being around uh, people of that community, right? Being around LGBTQ community. Um, and this is, you know, the battle that I had. I mean, I, I, I currently have uh, children that are part of that community. But the mm-hmm. battle the battle that I had was even before I, I knew that they were going to be in, in that community. And when I stepped away from the church altogether was just sitting in church and the person preaching to me, telling me, um, you know, that it's a sin. And me knowing in my heart that, I mean, that's. Just knowing in my heart, that's not a sin. You can't tell me that this person that I know is is gay and is an absolutely wonderful human being. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is an absolutely wonderful human being. Is a good person. Yeah, good right. Good people. And you can't tell me that just because they have, you know, they like somebody, that they are sinners. And I just thought that was just so hypocritical to me. Especially, yeah, yeah. especially. Especially coming from a priest in the Catholic, as a you know, a Catholic priest with so much drama that's come from them, and you're gonna tell me that a homosexual is is a sinner? I, 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 you think you understood or felt like Catholic priests are either? Corrupt, or if, if it was something that you came across with regards to like sexual assault stuff or pedophilia stuff in the Catholic Church, like at what age were you when that really kind of was like a reality for you? Uh, def- I think it was definitely high school, like 17, 18 years old, is honestly when I realized like I'm not 
I'm not cat like I don't, I don't believe anything like in in the Catholic <laughs> like I'm just not and I was going like I was I was going religiously to school right I mean to to church I was going every Sunday I was going to youth groups went to confirmation and uh, as I start like listening to uh, when I start paying attention, you know, there, there comes to a point where you actually start paying attention in church and start paying attention to what they're preaching. Right. And I'm just like, man, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Yeah, it's tough. Right. It's tough. And then even me, me as adult 40 year old man, like I still I struggle with. um with it all as far as like what i believe in god right I, I do believe in god and i pray every day to god and i talk to him a lot um i just have a problem with religion and and people telling me what um their interpretation of this book that they have that says everything that i'm supposed to do as as a person when in that book, like, there's so much crap in that book, right? There's, yeah. like, so much, there's pedophilia in that book. There's, there's, like, incest in that book. And for the life of me, like, I don't understand, like, we, we just, people's religion, like, well, this book tells us that we, that being homosexual is, is a sin, is a sin but this book is also telling us like all this other crap that we just gloss over like you're not supposed to eat shellfish because that's like a sin right there's so much like i just don't understand it and so my teaching and, and i've talked to uh my daughter my nine-year-old ariana and she's uh, you know she's got she asked she asked me a lot of questions about god right and today we we had a big conversation about god and i just the conversation i have with her is like I teach her how to pray. I teach her how to talk to God, and then, but she always asks, "Why don't we go to church?" And I was like, "Cause we don't. I don't believe. I haven't found a church that believes the same way that I do. And it's just simple, right? Just treat everybody like you want to be treated. Love and understand everybody, and be a good person. If you do all those things, God's gonna be happy with you." Yeah, and yeah. So, I remember, I remember. In, uh, in college it was like uh, like if I if I miss by like a couple of things that are in these like religious texts but I'm a good person and I don't harm and it's right when when it's needed and God doesn't accept me then I don't want to believe in that type of God anyway and I thought you know like, that's such a, a great way of putting it uh, especially as like a young person you're trying to figure out your own like morality and religious beliefs yeah that's what and that's what I was telling her like we, we we talked about uh actually last week we we talked about Pride Month, right? And we watched a video on YouTube kinda just explaining what Pride Month is and what you know what uh the LGBT community is all about. And then we she asked again, she's very curious at this age about God and stuff, and I just tell her like our God, the God that I believe in, loves everybody. Mm -hmm. Right, and I know that being gay and being homosexual is it's 
Somebody doesn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to be gay. Right? It doesn't work like that. You're born this way. Right? You're born this way. Homosexuals are born this way. Lesbians are born this way. Trans people are just born this way. This is the way that... And this... And God doesn't... Like we always say, religious people, God doesn't make a mistake. God didn't make a mistake when they did... And he did that with them. Yeah. He did it. And he... To me... And I, I, my conversation with, with my daughter is... To me, God is testing us. He isn't testing them. He's testing us to see how we're going to treat those people because they're different from us. Harry, if I make a person like this, are you still going to love them the way I want you to love them? Right? And so that's, I mean, that's just ultimately the conversation and then understanding, right? I just, uh, I don't understand why people um, think that somebody chooses to be homosexual. Like, what benefit in the... Where, where you talk about, like, is that, like, uh, education. I feel like that that part is, like, the education at home and at school of, of like, being open-minded and being, like, open to other people being different. Because if you're just believing that things are supposed to happen in the way that... In a certain way and that everybody should fit that mold, those are the places where I think that it's hard for adults just like people who are religious that in in their back of their mind and in their heart disagree with these things that their religious groups teach them but then don't ever really break away or disagree at any point in their lives like there's this weird i think part of doubt fear and shame of being like oh well everything i believed in for my whole life was actually incorrect or i'm going to change that i think the thing that's always interesting is when they talk about uh LGBTQ community uh, lifestyle choice, like they'll put it that way, and it's like, yeah, like this isn't like them going to the gym, like this, like you just said, right? Like this is something confusing. And actually, they're just living, and that's I think one of the things that really creates um, poor wording for how we look at members of this community is, is as if they're just like picking and choosing. Which I will say this, right? In, in with levity and in like joking is it like little Nas X isn't helping this in any way but that's like the second point um but so much of this stuff is just kind of like how sex is so taboo for so many of these like conservative right-wing folks that are completely LGBTQ completely against understanding like what it is to have like sexual flu- fluidity but also it just kind of makes me like damn how boring are these republicans like, you can't be in any way open to the idea of things outside of the spectrum of sex, right? Like, damn, you must be so boring that you can't imagine that sex can be anything beyond this, like, particular box. I think it's it's not even... They are so scared to be public about it, right? Because the right, right-wing Republicans got to be so about Christianity... And so about the Bible and anything outside of the box seems like, oh my God. Right? There's like, as we saw with that, uh, who is that uh, Republican congressman uh, who <laughs> called out the other Republicans, the, like talking about like sex parties and they're all doing coke. 
<laughs> and then like he they came out with like different videos and tapes of, of that dude actually being I, I can't think of his name I, he didn't win his his, his re-election he didn't get uh back in congress but uh he was going crazy uh what's her name Bobert. right now there's a scandal going out that she was uh, on sugar daddies and uh you know she had a relationship with ted cruz allegedly wait right. who's this Bobert. she's from uh she wait she claims that relationship with ted cruz okay so the same the same organization that uh found out all this stuff about that guy i was just talking about i can't think of his name i'll try to look it up Hawthorne. yeah madison Hawthorne. okay the scandal with madison Hawthorne. That same uh, website, okay, has said they have proof that uh, Bobert was a escort on Sugar Daddies. Okay, they said they have proof that uh, that she was uh, messing around. That's how how she came into the political world is Ted Cruz mess with her. Crazy sound effects after this story. <laughs> also, also, she had two abortions while being his escort. One of them being Ted Cruz. This is all allegedly, they haven't, they say they have proof. We're waiting on it, it's coming out. But, I mean, they do, this site does have legitimacy as saying that they called out what? Hawthorne and, uh, I, and, it, and it has been proven already that she was an escort, though. That has been proven. Yo. On Sugar Daddies. What hasn't been proven is the abortion part with Ted Cruz. Yeah, which. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we're I'm going way off base. What I was what I was originally trying to say is that I feel like these Republicans are not in that box, but they're just not allowed to be outwardly out of that box, right? I mean, also, yeah. also. When we want to talk political scandal, Marco Rubio. Look at Marco Rubio getting arrested. Okay, if you Google Marco Rubio being arrested, he got arrested when he was like 18, 19 years old with a gay prostitute. Okay, in a park somewhere in Miami. Of course, that got thrown out, right? And now he's all against LGBTQ communities, right? But he did yeah. get arrested with a gay prostitute. May 23rd, 1990. Yes, yes. The C. Wainwright Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's digging up all the dirt on these dirt bags. <laughs> Anyways, go, let's go back <laughs> to the main point of... Um, I don't understand again like these are these are people in Congress right now doing laws against this community the LGBTQ community right um, to me it's all bases off of Christianity right the hatred that they that they have is to me is is hiding behind Christianity and hiding behind the Bible putting hurting on the people when it's just about understanding man i don't understand just understanding what these people are going through who they are and why is it any of your business why do you care so much 
yeah, to, to not be good to your neighbor is not very Christian. Like, and yet, you know, it's it's about trying to align as much of Congress and the U.S. laws with like Christian beliefs, right? Like some stuff that we found, like from the research center, is that eighty-eight percent of Congress are Christians, whether that's like a Protestant, Catholic, or Orthodox Christian. But uh, only sixty-five percent of the U.S. population identifies as Christian, right? Which is a decline in the number of Christians in our country. But it's more so about like the, the representation, like those types of thinking and that type of like Christian belief system that match the amount of, of that influence in Congress as there is actually in the population in the United States, right? And that we know that that that's changing with the amount of people of color. Um, or just have like abysmal races, only like 26% of uh, people of color in the House of Representatives and only 11% in, in the Senate. And so we know that people of color, but particularly, you know, of different like backgrounds and beliefs, systems are not represented in our country. You know, it's white Christians that are dominating, you know, who's making the rules and the laws in our country. Yeah, and that I, 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 I don't want to like this podcast to come off as, as, uh, we hating on on uh, on Christianity or anything like that. It's just that. Uh, let me take this for example. Recently, Supreme Court had a ruling about a coach praying at midfield. Right, this coach was asked not to do it, um, and uh, he did it. The, some of the players did it with him. It became a whole thing, right? And uh, he got fired. And sued the school district and went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said that he was wrongfully fired. He should have the freedom to pray. Which I, I, I actually, I agree with. Right? He should have the freedom to pray. But the question I ask is, are they going to have, that going to be the same ruling for all religions? Because if it's not the same ruling for all religions, if he's Muslim and he goes out there and he prays on the 50-yard line. <laughs> you know that, that the Roy Williams have been like... Exactly. Like they did. Exactly. If he's an atheist, <laughs> if he's an atheist and he goes out there and does atheist things, is there going to be a problem? I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if they pray. I don't know what atheists do. Right? But I'm just saying, no, if he's an atheist... I'm an atheist. Okay. I do not do anything. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, <laughs> when, you know, what's really interesting, one thing that came up, I remember a couple of years ago, um, our nephew Josh graduated from Judson, which I know is your, your rival school in probably. That was, they did a prayer before his graduation. And it was a clear out Christian prayer, right? Like blatantly Christian. And that was it. And it was like, wait, if you're going to do that prayer, then you have to have the prayers that represent the people in this room, right? Right. So if there's a, one Muslim, if there's one anything that is not Christian, then that needs to be reflected as well, right? And I think that those are the things that we're seeing within our country more and more as we become aware that, like, the, 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 the Congress does not represent, like, what we're really about with regards to, like, being a society and our population. Yeah, absolutely. If if it's this country is not a, as as many people like like to argue that this is not a Christian country, right? We don't have a 
a rule is that you have to be Christian, right? So if you want to be Christian, be Christian all you want to. You have the freedom for that. But you also have the freedom to be Muslim. You have the freedom to be Buddhist. You have the freedom to be atheist. You have the freedom to be whatever the hell I am. I don't know what the, like I I don't know what you categorize me as, right? Agnostic, agnostic, believe in God. But you have to be inclusive to everybody, right? I know I know. Growing up, when when we were like we prayed, right? We prayed at, at before games and stuff like yes. that, right? Um, one thing that I always felt bad was there there's all there's uh, the FCA. At every at every school, right? The Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? Yeah, that was weird. And uh, so they were like Fellowship of Christian Athletes with me, like on one day a week, do all the things where all the athletes that are Christian would meet together and do all this stuff, right? Again, I was Catholic at this time, but I wasn't I wasn't able to go to this thing just because I had a single mother at the time. And, you know, I just didn't have the opportunity to go to this thing. Right. Um, And one of the battles about that, uh, about that ruling that I just talked about was if you're not inclusive, if if me as a player didn't go to pray with that coach at the 50 yard line, how is he going to look at me? Is he going to play me? Is he not going to play me? Right. And I can say I kind of felt that in, in high school. Like I. There was a, there was a crew over there, and the coaches were over there that were part of the FCA, and they, you know, they were tight, and they were talking about their stuff, and I, you know, and I didn't go to that, and I'm not to say that I played or didn't play because of that, but it definitely was in the back of my mind. Yeah, and it wouldn't same, have hurt. Right, right. Like man, I, I want I, if I went to that thing and got closer to that coach, I wonder if I would have got more playing time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was another thing. Like, if you didn't go out there and pray with that coach, you know, is, are you missing time away from that coach where you can get closer to that coach where he can play you more, right? Um, so anyway, just I mean, freedom religion is for everybody. It's not just for Christians. Yeah, there's so many things about how that shapes. And influences young people, right? But also influences the way that young people believe that they're supposed to see themselves. And I think that if you have this conflict about what you're feeling about who you are as a young person, and then the adults are saying that this is like these are the guidelines that make you a quote unquote good person, um, the, you know, the inner turmoil that happens for a person in trying to deal with that, in whether that's coming out or deciding who to trust, but you know. It doesn't allow for anybody to really truly feel safe if there is a set way or a right way of how we look at those things. I mean, even like just how Christianity is embedded into like our spending and our like holidays and habits, right? Like we've got federal holidays for Christmas and for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a Protestant holiday and and Christmas is a Catholic holiday, right? So like we're already like fixed in this thinking not just about how we're supposed to like be around our families, but also how we're supposed to spend our money and how we're supposed to like set up our entire like holiday spending, right? Like our economy is run in a lot of ways by Christian beliefs. I think that is really the place where I have these like conspiracy theories around like economics about why 
another reason why they, you know, white Christians in our in our country would not want um, openly gay couples and families because if these folks don't choose to have kids, then their amount of disposable income and the way that they can accumulate wealth is so much faster now. If you have folks that are part of the LGBTQ community that don't want kids, and I think that that's a thing where people also of like how does the LGBTQ community influence our control over how we keep things running in our country? Anyway, that's I mean, yeah, you just dropped the mic on me right there. I, I'm gonna have to just rethink about that whole thing that you just said because I did not even take that into aspect but as we move on and uh, i mean we can definitely transition to our our next subject um as far as roe versus wade being overturned uh recently um to me has a lot of uh christianity written all over it on why it was overturned uh to me it's kind of the basis of why it was overturned um which is just just I mean, it's it's uh, it that out of anything this past month has just really, really pissed me off of taking these rights away from women, um, making just yeah. taking these rights away from men, women, and again hiding behind Christianity and hiding behind this Bible to do it, and and the, to me, like I said, to me the basis of Roe vs. Wade being overturned was was christianity and uh yeah it was belief in that i think in both of these topics right like uh we're talking about like lgbtq rights but also like roe versus like, like abortion rights, women's rights this is something i was going to say that we should have said at the very beginning of the show but the fact that we're both um men of color who are considered heterosexual men Right, like that. These two topics are not in any way related into what would be our direct personal interest, right? As like right. whether that be citizens or voters. Um, and I think that as like men, when you get to like this current ruling of Roe versus Wade, like if you're not like a man who's like, damn, like what the fuck is going on, right? Like, then there's something like you even like really have no clue about this historically, or you just kind of like don't see women as equals. Because to be a man and see this happen and to not feel like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, how crazy unfair is this that women do not have control about what they can and can't do with their bodies is is absolutely nuts. Like, it's a it's a threat to all of our freedoms. Right. And and to not see that um, really just goes to like a, a very, very old way of thinking that clearly still exists if there are men or just people in general that are still not understanding how road versus Wade is a threat to our rights and to our freedoms yeah um again i i hate that i i'm just gonna get hit going back to this book that christians use um in that book there are plenty of verses that say that women are not equal to men in any way mm -hmm. right there's plenty of verses in there that say that. Um, and for us men, again, like exactly what you said, if for men, heterosexual men that don't think that this is a problem, um, you are the, you are the problem. 
right? I'm laughing because I know that they like they can only hear us, but like we're clearly looking at each other like through FaceTime <laughs> and watching you head like that and just like what the fuck is going on? It's, it's I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand men who uh, have daughters that agree with this. I don't understand all men who have mothers and don't see that this is a problem. Um, we've literally just gone back years and years and years yeah. of, of rights. Like, like again, like I said, yesterday wasn't it was it was it was heterosexual white men Independence Day because nothing about today in this country speaks anything about freedom and independence especially for women yeah we you know we're literally like going back 50 years right so like when this ruling happened in 1973 mm -hmm. but again the thing about representation too right like uh in in the house of representatives there's only 27 percent of those representatives are women and that's an all-time high right like it's not like oh like why is this the like this is the best that it's ever been for women in the house right. of representatives when we look in the senate it's only 24 percent. 24 out of 100 senators are women so clearly this is like crazy crazy disparity when we talk about representation for women and when we obviously look at all marginalized groups right and we look at things like throughout history women clearly have been the most oppressed group if we're looking at any kind of like minority group in the representation of like whether that's power or justice right i'm you know i feel like this is all in alignment with when we, when we first see donald trump step onto the political stage and his like whole like grab him by the like blank yeah you know um the fact that that's like something that was even said at that time and it like still exists and then that we're here now with the, this ruling it's like again like how are you you're a man how are you not like disgusted and also just kind of like completely also concerned right like even if you're just like a selfish man the audacity to think that somehow your rights are not going to be violated at some point because of this right only speaks to the, the like patriarchy and also the like misogyny that exists in our country and i'll say the, the strongest argument that i've heard with regards to like how to manage these things with regards to like pregnancies or unwanted pregnancies is is to regulate the penis right like how come there isn't a sex controlling of the sexual reproduction of men because men can get so many women pregnant within right. a year right, right. And women can only have one child a year. So why are we not figuring out the ways to manage men? Too easy. Children. You go through like puberty. Yeah, you go through puberty. You got to have a vasectomy. Right. As soon as you go through puberty, you got to have a vasectomy, man. You got to get your sons out there. Give them a vasectomy. And then when they're ready to have babies, you can undo it. Right, I mean, if this is what we're doing to women, we might we need to be equal, and we should do this to men. And I would bet on this, like arrogance of like men in America, right? And I'm gonna pull all men. I was about to say white men, but no, like 
although those are the representatives in our country that are making the laws, yes. I am going to pull all men because we know culturally speaking, all different backgrounds and upbringings is large amounts of men that see women as not equal. So is the audacity that like, I can imagine in this country that there is a, like this hypothetical that a rapist would be caught, have harmed a woman, impregnated a woman, and no one or many people would actually fight the right of this man to not get a vasectomy as a consequence for his actions. Yeah. Right? They'd be like, no, that's too far because you can't do this to his body. And yet, this is very easily like we want we were able to make laws and change laws that completely take away the rights of women to do what they want with their bodies. Listen, there's already laws already set and I know it's in in here in Idaho, um that if you're raped by a man okay and you have an abortion that the family of the rapist can sue you for said abortion yeah so we're getting <laughs> that, that's there's also places where you have to carry um uh, pregnancies through incest to term right and look when, when Roe versus Wade uh, got overturned uh, a lot of these uh, laws went into effect right away there's at least like 10 to 12 states that laws haven't been updated since the 1800s yeah right so yep. Roe, Roe versus Wade went you know got overturned so that means automatically that these laws from the 1800s went into effect for women and abortion. Well, and the fact that the governors and senators and representatives in this country would not work to then be like, wait a minute, this is going to pass the Supreme Court. Then our first agenda of business is to write new laws for our state yeah. around this topic. And the fact that that doesn't happen is insane. Like, how does this not become like now the first thing that we need to handle right, right? so like major shit so this is definitely a question i wanted to ask you is we we know this has been a talking point and this has been a goal for the right-wing republicans for a long time and give them credit they had this goal they they set a plan and, and action and they they did it right they did it um how much do you blame and I know the answer to me. The de the Democratic side, the left side, for not doing enough and not at, not doing anything. I don't think that we've done anything to protect this law. Yeah, I think so. I think that's too complicated to answer in a very like quick answer for this podcast. But I will say that. I think there's clearly not enough democratic movement of laws within the states, like on a regular basis, right? Like once like governors and new senators, like there's not enough things that are like, uh, like willing to shift. That's also because people want to stay in power for as long as possible. So they want to rock the boat. But I, I don't want to blame like the whole party on that because 
it's already a Supreme Court case that's been around for 50 years. Like, who would think that this shit would go backwards, right? Like, why would this ever go backwards, the thing? And so it's, I don't know if it's so much about, like, having to protect that as much as it's like, yo, how, how all of a sudden are we now 50 years later and there's this rise of people that, that are being voted in that are completely going to undo progression in our country. And I think that the, the thing about that is that I think there is really fully, particularly in, in House uh, representative seats, like infiltration. I, I, I do believe that there are, and, and possibly from both sides, but definitely I would guess more so from the right, where you have people in states that may not have uh, certain party candidates, like you might not have a Democratic Party candidate in a place yeah. like maybe like West Virginia. Where Joe Manchin is from, oh, and maybe is not really Democrat, but ran as one because he knew that he could win and beat out right. the Republican candidate, right? And now you have someone who is saying that they're fighting for their constituency in their state, and in reality, this person is probably not aligned with the party's beliefs, but was what the party was willing to accept because they were like, "Yeah, you actually might win, so we actually would rather get some of the things we want versus losing everything." Mm-hmm. But now you have this moment that is holding everything up. My pushback to that is the uh, Supreme Court does not make the laws, right? They only interpret the laws, right? So the Democratic Party has known, we've all known that the Republican Party has been coming for abortion. They've been coming for it since 1973, right? So why didn't we as Democrats make stronger laws so that there was no different interpretation for the Supreme Court. Got it. You know, they should should have made stronger laws. They should have been... We we did nothing. Like, I I don't see what we have done as a Democratic Party to protect women's rights. So, again, like, this this is a Republican talking... uh, I mean, this is a Republican thing right Ro- overturning Roe versus Wade but we as Democrats just sat back and just let it happen we let it happen when Obama was supposed to uh, appoint a justice and Republicans didn't let us do that for some reason and we just let that happen and then Trump was in the same boat and we just let that let it happen right he just let it yeah. Oh, no. yeah and he can just do that uh, Ruth Ruth Ginsburg like she was asked, like may she rest in peace. But during the Obama administration, she was asked, "Hey, we need you to retire. Yeah. We need you to retire yeah. so we can put in somebody." And she was like, "No, no, right?" And then and just like so many things in place, the Democratic Party just messed it up and did nothing to help the situation. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just real quick, yes. I'm gonna go back to the thing which i know you weren't in any way saying anything negative about her but on a show where we're talking about women's rights i'm not gonna hate on ginsburg <laughs> and aside from that i would say like i wouldn't have thought she was gonna go out in the next four years because i know you've seen the gym videos she was <laughs> she was, super she was time, so i was like yo got it in her to last so i i uh i can see why she thought like now nah, i'm good like i'll make it what do you uh, think but what- you're right 
What do you think moving forward? What do you think moving forward forward that we could do to fix this situation? I would love, I would love to pack the courts. Like I know Biden said that we would do that. I would, I'm okay with it. Like I, I, I really, I don't give a shit. I really don't. Personally, I don't believe in packing the courts, only because. I feel like it's one of those trade-offs of like, it's one of those major policies that you have to be ready of the possibility that it comes back to bite you in the ass. But based off of what we see in the Republican Party, I don't doubt that if they have a Republican Congress and a Republican president, that they won't bend back. Right. That's what I'm saying. The Republican Party has been playing dirty and been <laughs> playing this, playing this for so long, and they're winning. Yeah. And we've always well, and we see, always claim to be the the you know the good side. We're we're but we're getting our butts kicked. And we have we have a, a a majority Congress, majority Senate. We have the presidency, and we still can't get crap done because it's damn filibuster that we should have got rid of a long time ago. But again, Republicans don't want the filibuster to get rid of, so we can't get rid of it. Well, this is my one argument against like. Or pushback against those things is that the more that you then play, yeah, there's a poor way of putting it, but it's the way that we all understand is like playing their game, right? Of doing those types of things, then where does it end? And then we're just rewriting the rules of like decorum back and forth. But right? they're already like, doing it. They're already doing it. The public exactly. is already doing it. I'm saying like, no, like we're going to stick to this. So that as you continue to go that way, we're going to remind people and keep things at the place where they're actually kind of supposed to be. Because I do think that once you start dabbling in that and, and playing that way, that like you have to be ruthless. Right. And I don't end up ruthless. No, right? exactly. So That's... like when we talk about athletes and we talk about like the, which is a crazy way in a very American way to talk <laughs> about an athlete, like the killer. Right. Them. They're not a killer, right. which is insane that we talk about it in that way. But I mean, that's the thing. Like Democratic, you know, candidates are not killers. Well, I think I think the young, I think the younger generation can be if we if we if the old heads would just get out the way, which they're so scared to get out the way, they don't want to relinquish that power. Well, that's the thing, you know, that they brought up around like. Uh, that this particular Congress, right, is made up of this, like, particular generation um, of baby boomers. They were born, like, between, like, 46 and it's, like, 64. But they dominate Congress. And how much of how they exist is based off of the influence from, like, the politics, religion, and their families, right? Like, that this was the America, like, this particular type of America... Which is also a reminder that Trump is a, a baby boomer, right? Mm-hmm. So they could go along with this idea of make America great again. And the one thing that really stood out to me in trying to analyze baby boomers was that the baby boomers start in 1946, and that's the generation. The Congress in 1945, right? Like they're the generation that raised them, right. was 99% white. Yes. And so this idea that like their vision of America is not what we know America to be and what it should be, right? Their America is one where like Roe versus Wade is controversial, where they saw like 
civil rights leaders and black people stand up for the first time right they went they were raised by people that went to war in world war ii like they, they're of this particular generation of what it's supposed to look like. a lot of that is quote-unquote traditional america where you don't have lgbtq members and you don't have to stand up for themselves live independently and decide what to do with their bodies which very much fits like you were talking about this book that christians use on a regular basis <laughs> So those things are all tied together and to think that they're just like coming up now as this like new group that is like trying to dismantle the government it's not there are generations of people that are living their like grandparents dreams yeah well I mean I don't know what to say to wrap up this session other than we need to be better as a country we need to be more yeah go vote we need to be more understanding of people who don't who aren't us right yeah just because you're not like that doesn't mean you can't understand that somebody else is a different way exactly listen to other people's stories yes again I want to thank everybody for listening this is the Puro Pincho Primos I'm Luis Velasquez. That's Christopher Costello. We are the Puro Pincho Primos. We are out.